My guest, Jared Bruce Lee, identifies as an authentic gay man. He shares his journey from childhood to present, recounting the many experiences that carried him away from the authenticity that he came into the world with. Physical and emotional violence between his parents and living in fear. The weight of his father's disapproval. Realizing he was different from the other boys in school and feeling like he didn't belong. Being overweight and having body issues from being constantly ridiculed. When he reached dating age, being rejected because he is Asian. Then in his early 20s, having a life-changing experience that turned everything around, bringing him a profound sense of love, compassion, and gratitude for his parents, his life, and ultimately brought him back in the direction of his true authenticity, coming home to himself. Hello, Jared Bruce Lee, and welcome to the Authentic Gay Man podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Meadows. It's an honor to be here. I'm really, really excited to be here. So tell the listeners where you are right now as we record this episode. Yeah, I am currently, we're currently in Da Nang, Vietnam, on our world trip at the moment. That is so exciting. I can't even imagine. I'm hoping a little bit of this will come into the story somewhere along the way. Yeah, I would love to share. It's it's been a journey, been a journey. So tell the listeners how you and I know each other. What brought us to this point where we're recording a podcast episode together? Yeah, so firstly, Matters, I I found you somehow stumbled upon your Instagram and Facebook. And I, I, I watched a couple of the videos you share and I was just drawn in by the authenticity that you share and how there's something about the way you spoke Maddox that was so easy to listen to and yet so insightful at the same time and I just I was watching quite a few videos I found myself watching more and listening to podcasts and I just thought I wanted I I think I commented on a few things right and then we started talking on messenger and yes um they were connected on Zoom, and I was again just the space that you hold matters. It's it's beautiful, and I just um, I'm very grateful for you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate your kind words, and I I also felt that coming in the in the opposite direction. You know, just when we got on the Zoom, you you bring such a kindness and a gentleness and a respect that is just kind of lost in the world these days. You you are what I would consider a true gentleman, and that's a rare thing these days. You're very gracious in your energy and the way you interacted with me, and it was ever so refreshing, and it made me feel very honored. Thank you, Madis. I'm moved by your words. Thank you. Thank you. So to let the audience know, Jared is a body confidence coach specifically for gay men. And so we'll just go ahead and let you know right now that if you're if you'd like to reach out to him that you'll do that via his Instagram page and I will put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. 
Thank you, Maddox. With that, let's let's jump in. And I would love to hear, Jared, what does it mean to you to be an authentic gay man? What is your personal definition of that? Wow. That's a great question, Maddox. Um, I've got a couple of answers to that, I would say. So the first one, biggest one that really rings true for me is it's peeling away the layers, the layers of armor, the layers of defenses that we build build up as human beings to protect ourselves, especially as, as kids, to peel those away and then get down to that core self and go, well, that core self is so much more powerful, so beautiful and lovable and falling in love with that and really falling in love with that true Cool self there. I love that. So you're talking about falling in love with yourself. That yeah, yeah. that's that's beautiful. I you yeah. know, I personally believe that's where it all starts. How can we really love another when we don't fully love ourselves? How can we fully accept another if we don't mm-hmm. fully accept ourselves? So beautifully yeah. stated. I love that. Is is there more? I don't want to cut you off. Is there more? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a little more to it. Please. Um, so, with that core self is all your thoughts, emotions, actions being aligned. So, if I feel something, I don't share something different. I don't I don't say I don't feel a lot of anger and just say everything's fine. Um, if I say I want to do something, I go ahead and I follow through. I do. I take the action steps. And once all those are aligned, that authenticity is just, um, it's a powerful place to be. It is a powerful place to be. And I find, and you can tell me how how this works for you, but the more mm-hmm. I lean into that authenticity and the more I I really embody that, the more comfortable I feel in my own skin. Yeah. And people yes. reflect that back to me. Yes. I just via the either the way they just respond to me or the things they say to me. It's it's continually yes. reflected back to me about to me. that comfort in my own skin. Yes. And I, I so see that in pneumatics, right? Is when you are comfortable in yourself, it allows other people to feel comfortable in themselves. They see when they see and feel that. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. I, I love love your definitions. Wonderful. Well, let's let's dive into what we're what we're here. You know, the big topic. Um, you do you, so you you consider yourself um, not not that we've ever we ever arrived. There's always more. We'll we'll be leaning in until our last breath. But at this point in life, you consider yourself an authentic gay man. Yes. Absolutely, Maddox, and I love what you shared just now. Is it's a lifelong journey, right? It's it's not a we're here and this is it. Um, But at at this point in my life, the most authentic I've ever been. Beautiful. So I want to hear and unpack what it took to get you there. 
what life experiences did you go through? What did you have to overcome? And then sometimes I think there are experiences that aren't about overcoming, that aren't about um, hard things, but just experiences that draw us farther into ourselves and toward that more authentic self. I just want to hear it all. Yeah. Thank you for the question, Maddox. So, but let's start at the beginning. It's at the beginning, yes. So, I can see already there's been there's been pivotal points in my life where there's big shifts, big big shifts. But if we start, if we start very beginning. So, at a my younger years, so teenage years. Um, okay, how far do we go back? I, my parents, we arrived. So I was born in Taiwan, and we moved to New Zealand when I was four. And my parents, they had some struggles and yeah, you know, big struggles financially back home my, my dad right he had struggles um it was a difficult challenge for them to get to New Zealand and to bring us up the way they did and in that in the change as well uh my parents they have love me so much and I, I I love them with every single core of my being. Um, there were parts and moments where emotional support and mental understanding um, wasn't what I needed as a kid. Um, there were moments as a kid where I, uh, my parents, they, Take there were moments time. with, yeah, is, uh, there were, there were fights. Um, which, sometimes got physical and now fights between the two of them that you observed or fights with you so between the two of them between so we had in, in terms of the physical side of things um and it was challenging as a kid to feel there was the emotional unsafety. Um, Is talking about this, bringing some of that up for you right now? Yeah, hundred percent matters. I, I can feel, I feel there's a few things going on being authentic writers. Uh, I feel very okay sharing it for myself. Um, sometimes I do 
um, to protect the people that I love about how much I share about others. Uh, and I guess this my my love for my parents, right? Um, it's a it's a completely different place today. Um, but in those moments, before the healing that I've done, um, it was something I just covered away and I felt I just had to hide, hide from, from myself and from the world. Yes. Yes. So as you talk, as you about, talk this, about this, what's coming up for you? Yeah, so... I can still, what is coming up for me? Great question, Maddox. It's a feeling of, wow, I've, how far I've come to be where I'm at today. Um, there is, a bit of, I guess fear, right? Fear about because that in those moments it was a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of being inside. Being say six, I remember being six or seven, hiding, hiding with my siblings and feeling, um, just not knowing any moment, any moment yelling could start any moment um something could go wrong stay with it i can see it i can feel it on you stay with it yeah how did you move past that how did you learn to deal with that was it something that was an ongoing thing It's a, yeah, so I feel that's when all the defense, all the defense has started, right, as you find ways to protect yourself. And um, I started feeling that I, that I had to solve my parents' problems, that I had to fix everything I had to, I had to be the one that, That helps them be be together and everything be okay. And I had to be that that person. That's a, and that's a tall burden for a six year old. So did yeah. you? Am I understanding that those experiences took you in the at the opposite direction of authenticity? Like there's this you know, the armor that we put on. I, I believe that we come in, we're born into the world fully authentic. As newborn babies and, and very young children, we are fully authentic. And then life teaches us not to be authentic and experiences make us afraid to be authentic. You, yeah. What you just described was like armoring up. Yeah, yeah. 
And so what I'm what I'm hearing, and you can tell me if I'm I'm accurate, is that this is the part of the story where you were moving in the wrong direction, moving away from authenticity. And and sometimes we have to experience that before we can come back to ourselves. You know, I I personally believe that our, our journey in life is to rediscover our authentic self that we were when we were small children. Yeah. That that life mixes us up and and really d- draws us completely away from that and out of that as children, mm-hmm. and then we spend our life trying to get back to that, trying to re- rediscover that part of ourselves. So, am I hearing you correctly? Am I understanding that that's what was happening there? You were you were going in the wrong direction and 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 needed to go in the wrong wrong direction because in that particular time in your life being fully authentic might not have been safe at all yeah and that that's the nail on the head right there matters right so that was the beginning that's that's one of the beginning phases right when i stepping away from that authenticity and um, in order to protect myself at the time and um, stepping away from that that core self, yeah, that absolutely resonates. Yeah, and from there, did you find that there were other experiences that continued to take you farther into that lack of authenticity, or was there a point where you began to move back in the direction back to you? Yeah, so it it only it kept on going, Max. Um, I would love to say it just that. So along the way, to I was I was a bit I wasn't I wasn't overweight as such, but I was I was a chubby kid, and then I would have uh, friends or uh, uh, strangers, even or family members comment on my weight or comment on um, uh, people, you know, t- tapping on my belly and um, say, hey, you're, you're gaining a bit of weight here. Um, and pinching my cheeks, say how, how cute my chubby cheeks looked. And I remember feeling just at those times really angry about it i felt angry i felt angry and i, I remember being this um i, I don't want to be this chubby kid i don't i didn't want to be this person i didn't want to be this person and then if we were to fast forward a little bit then getting into 13 14 15 um with sexuality side of things just so starting to discover about my own sexuality realizing that i uh, that I was interested in. I had a, a crush on one of my um, high school classmates um, and then not being able to share it, having to hide that, where not being able to share that about my sexuality with my parents, with my family, and feeling like I was wrong that there was something wrong with me um 
I was I went to all boys school where people would make jokes like faggot or um, gay like if people all that was so normal and that was the environment I was in so there was a lot of fear around my sexuality what that was going to be like. Um, well, and what you're describing, I think, is somewhat of this part of the story is kind of universal to most gay men. Yeah. That point when we realize we're different, that we're not looking at the girls, we're looking at the boys, and and we've already gotten negative messages about that and the fear. And we, this, I believe, right here, this part of the story right here that I think is so universal is what mm. I believe makes it so difficult for us as gay men to be vulnerable, to, to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So that, 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 that is right because it's, it stops us from, we're sent a message from an early age that who you are at a fundamental level is wrong. And at the time I believed it, I believed that now you, you believe what you hear and you go, okay, this is something I don't want people to know. I don't want to share this. Um, so what, what things did you do to safeguard yourself? The things that obviously were not authentic, but the things that you believed you needed to do during those high school years to create a sense of safety for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, what did I do? I, I was, I was pretty smart at school. So there were different um, class ranges, right? From top to bottom. I was in, in the, in the top, top class. And what I did though, because that was something else I was, Bullied teased for was being a nerd. Um, so for that, but what I did then to, I, to cover up, I became the class wagger. I would skip class. I would uh, try as much as I could be the cool kid, um, be the be the kid that didn't didn't care about things. Um, I. Also, a big, a big part is I started to try and please people. So every every person, every person, whilst doing this weird thing of trying to be cool at the same time to keep myself safe and then trying to please people by making people like me. And how did you experience all that? All those proverbial hoops that you were jumping through to stay safe. Yeah. How how was that on an internal level? I didn't realize this at the time, Matt. As well. Everything I've shared so far from, from the younger age, all those experiences, a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of anxiety of 
I could, uh, this feeling like things could crash down on me any moment. And um, I remember constantly being inside my head, wondering what other people were thinking, um, trying to get inside other people's as oh she or he might, might must not like me um a lot of anxiety and i also remember there was a moment where i i didn't realize this at the time i also i remember getting myself into one of the classrooms and locking myself away in the classroom crying underneath the desk was almost my attempt to yell out for help. Um, and I remember some of the, one of the guys who I actually had a crush on and then two other, a few other classmates, they were knocking on the door trying to get me like, hey, why, why are you in there? It's, it's lunchtime, come out. And then I was just, um, yeah, doing my best to, to gain help. But I didn't know how else to ask for it. Looking back now in, in retrospect, in hindsight, yeah. how did all of that affect you energetically? Yeah. Um, it's going back back in time, addicts, right? Uh, energetically, was draining mm. was draining a lot of a lot of energy because my i couldn't focus i couldn't i couldn't truly be myself and um it's exhausting to be someone different than what you really are yeah it is extremely exhausting and we don't realize it when we're doing it yeah. particularly but looking back i know i can clearly see how exhausting it was to keep the charade going all the time yeah yeah what was the next step in your story yeah so it just it just built right that armor Maddox, is um I started going online, online dating. There was a site called New Zealand Dating.com. Um, and trying to put myself out there to meet other. I remember I started, I think I was 16 at the time. Because um, I didn't know how else I could make, meet other guys and I didn't want a secret. And I remember a lot of rejection. I remember a lot of um, so I was seeking, I was seeking approval, right? Seeking love and all that. I remember a lot of rejection where other people didn't respond to messages. Um, people uh, maybe just commented, not said, not interested, or um, and along with how I felt my body. 
that's how it manifested. It got it got worse, right? I, I just thought there's something wrong with me. I told myself I was ugly, that I was unattractive. People would never find me attractive. Um, I hated, and there was a lot of, actually, there's a lot of uh, what I call overt sexual racism where people just said, um, sorry, uh, just big, you know, not not into Asians, as an example. You know, I think it's a phrase, right? not, no femmes, fat Asians or and I wanted to reject that part of myself, of that, that identity of my skin colour, that I didn't want to be that because obviously that's unattractive. I'm not okay. I, um, Along with the body image issues at the time, it just created this big snowball effect, which I started to do these crazy things Um, with eating so I developed some form of eating disorder I would say where I still remember I would fast forward in time a little bit now into I remember being sitting outside this was when I was working as an accountant sitting outside uh, waiting for work to finish so I can go to the supermarket and I would buy bags of chocolate, ice cream, bag of crisps, sit in my car, and then I would eat the whole thing in 10 minutes flat, gone. And then what would happen, then I would go on a diet again where I would say, okay, I can't have sugar, I can't touch that. Um, I tried crazy things, say orange-only diets. I tried uh, completely not having carbohydrates. I tried... Um, I went for, and then I would also go for runs of 20 kilometers after a binge eating session going, I need to, to run this off. And I was, I was just fighting with myself, Maddox, of you're ugly, you're unattractive, you need to fix yourself, you're not okay. Those are all those messages I was telling myself that I didn't recognize at the time. And what was the cycle? Um, you're, I tried going to, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I tr I tried going to the gym as well. Tried different workouts and um, tried looking things up online. And I spent three, four years of just trying and failing miserably. And I remember feeling, especially with that binge eating side of things, feeling like this was it. I I was I was so stuck. That's all I could think about because that became my way of fixing all those emotions, fixing everything I didn't want to face. It was I I fixated on that. I felt I felt obsessed with food. I felt obsessed with um and feeling really angry at myself for not being able to see the changes. Um Angry when I saw people who were in shape going, they're really lucky. They just had better genes. Why are they so lucky? I'm just destined to be feel this way for the rest of my life and just angry. Well, and, and you, you said you were trying to fix things and um, all the things you describe really are mostly forms of avoidance and denial. Yeah. 
And what you're describing sounds like a great deal of self-abuse. Yeah. Of course, you probably didn't realize that at the time, but is that accurate? Would you, looking back, would you say, yes, that was very abusive of self? Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's taking, it's taking all the messages, right? So, say with my upbringing, I, I, I want to make this, I can share this, actually, I'll share this later on, but I constantly feel felt I wasn't good enough for my father as well. So that was another thing that was played was everything I did, some people, things were wrong or I couldn't do the right thing. And along with the sexuality of side of things and not the, the rejections I was facing, yeah, that was my way of, punishing myself saying you're not you're not okay you're not enough I didn't realize it that I'm addicts I had no idea I just thought if I just fixed this body thing that was going to solve everything well and you're you're just everything you're describing is just going farther and farther away from the real you yeah farther away from that authenticity that came naturally when you were a, a very young child hmm. What was the turnaround? Yeah, so there's three key turnaround points in my life matters. And this first one, this is life-changing for me, was at the age of 21 when I decided, actually, I want to pursue. I want to really make it real change. And I wanted to pursue personal training. So I was in an accounting job I really hated. And this was the very first time that I truly stood up for something that I really wanted for me against everyone else. So I remember uh, family members, friends, colleagues. Um, I, I was in a top accounting firm, Maddox, and on the outside, people were saying, wow, Jared's doing this amazing thing that he loved, uh, that, that's so incredible, inspirational, whilst on the inside, I hated what I was doing. And then when I decided I want to pursue, I want to help other people with their bodies, um, and then in the same time, help myself create what I wanted to really see and feel those changes, and I went to personal training, personal training nutrition school. Um, and that was the biggest hurt. One of, I remember this moment so clearly, Matters. I was sitting in the office, sitting in my chair after a conversation with a, a guy on the phone sharing about asking me these questions and it opened my mind up to what if, what if I can actually go for something I wanted and turn it into reality? And then I went for it. I I went for it, and then in the next two, about a year and a bit, right, was when I was very fortunate in that the school I was at, they encouraged you to eat foods that you love. They encouraged you to feel yourself in ways that nourish your body, To um, that you don't need to go for these runs six, seven days a week. You don't need to work out for these long hours. And it completely, there's two things going on there matters, right? One is on an educational level of going, oh, this is actually, everything I was doing was really not helping me on a scientific, physiological level. Um, And then also number two was the grace, compassion they gave me to go, actually, 
you can be okay. You can you can actually look after yourself that you're you're worthy of something different. You're worthy of these changes. Um, you're worthy. And with those two things combined, I actually started to, I made a dramatic body transformation, the one I always wanted. I started being becoming a personal trainer, helping a lot of people with their, their transformations. And um, this was when things on the, the confidence front of me actually believing myself for the first time to go, wow. I can actually want something, go after it and, and do it, and that I'm capable, that I can actually stand up for myself in this way. I, I'd like to tease out a particular part of the story or coax yeah. out. You know, I, through my lifetime, have known many men who decided to get the body. Yeah. Thinking, thinking that when they had the body, it would resolve all of their issues, that life would be grand as soon as they had that body. Yeah. Did you go through a period where you thought that would fix everything? You know, I'll get the body and then I, the rejection will stop yeah. and, and it'll open up all the doors. And yeah. did you go through that where you thought that was going to be like the the answer? Yeah, this, this is this is fun. we talked about this briefly right in our previous conversation. That is, this is a funny thing where I feel there's two two things going on here. Right, is I absolutely thought that, and I was half right. So I was definitely there's there's a lot of it's hundred percent not true. That is not going to solve all your problems. What it did do, Maddox, right, is. Um, I, it did open doors. Suddenly my dating life trans changed. Um, people, I started getting a lot of people in, in a message. I, I went on dates. I didn't think with, with people I didn't think was, um, I always thought wouldn't want to date me. Um, and I also on the out at, at least on an outward level matters, it started to bring a lot of confidence of um, in the dating scene. Um, and there was a, that in terms of the discipline and all of that build, that built a lot of that, that confidence. Um, yet, exactly what you share matters, right? There's other portion all those feelings of my sexuality, all those traumas in the past, that wasn't dealt with. That wasn't, that wasn't dealt with Maddox, right? So then I would go on to these. So then what happened, Maddox, I remember periods, a good two, three, four years, maybe two, three years, four years, where I was thriving off of this, where going on these dates, seeking, still, still seeking that approval, right, on from these dates with different people, and I remember, though, either I would lose interest very quickly because they gave me what I want, you know, they 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 gave that interest back to me. So then I, because I didn't heal on the core level, I thought, oh, something must be wrong here because they're actually liking me. 
they actually so then I would turn away and then when I went towards um dating uh, people say at some stage three four five whatever happened didn't work out uh, I would remember things crashing and burning on the inside for me because that panic that anxiety of there must be something wrong with me there must be something wrong was there a point when you realized that perhaps some or many of these men were interested in you, not for who you are, but for your body? Yeah, so 100% matters, right? I would say there was... There were a lot of people that I did date where there were real connections. And I, um, the ones where the, you know, when you meet someone briefly and all that hundred, yeah, so that's, that's just a purely, purely physical. You know, I'm I'm kind of getting the gist that it would be people that if you didn't have the body, they wouldn't have looked at you twice. Yeah, yeah. Totally. They, weren't, they weren't interested in Jared the man. They were interested in Jared the 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 muscle yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. So you had this realization that yes, it had. There had been some positive things out of working on your body, but there was still something missing. Yeah. So I worked, I worked on the outside. I worked on the outside. I also I did work on my mind in terms of belief and uh I worked on my physical and mental. That's how what I would call it. I worked on my physical self, made that transformation there. I worked on my mind where that self-belief and what I was capable of, but the emotions, the healing, that was just, that was unturned. That wasn't dealt with. Yeah. And as you're, as you have built the body and you're going through this process, but still realizing something is missing, where are you in your authenticity at that point? Are you starting to come back in that other direction, at least some, or are you still kind of, in the place of not really being who you really are. Yeah, that's, wow. I I would say that true authenticity, this is a funny, this is a funny thing, man. I would say I was kind of doing both at the same time. The authenticity, because I was going after what I wanted. So as an example, right, going for personal training and um, doing something against what everyone else was telling me to do. So that was authentic. Because so I you, believed you were being authentic with you. Yes. God. Yes. I was being authentic. Say, I wanted this, and I I went for it. I, I I I didn't deny those desires. I didn't shove them away. Um. So that was authentic. Very. I will say that that's very authentic. Where it could be inauthentic is when in the moments where I was seeking approval, when I used that to seek approval from other people um, in the dating world. So what was the turning point there? 
Yeah. You got to that point where you realized that wasn't really working. It wasn't feeding your soul or your spirit in the way you needed it to be fed. Yeah. When, Um, when and how did it shift? So it shifted. I won't, I'll go, this was, I'll go through this part, but briefly is I went to, I actually went to pursue musical theater. So musical theater school, I did a master's musical theater and that was another authenticity, right? I, I want, I, I wanted to go for this thing. I went for it, but the, the point isn't this. I met incredible people, but during my year at musical theater school uh, in London, I started having a lot of this armor stripped away. And that wasn't the point of the school, but because it required us to act authentically and go into our emotions, a lot of those armor started stripping away. And I think that was a, one of a key turning point. And then the biggest probably key turning point was uh, meeting my now husband, uh, my now husband, Tommy, beautiful soul. Actually, just before I met him, I made a vow to myself with all of that going on with the the dating side of things that I don't want to settle anymore. I met incredible people and there's been beautiful souls I've met, but I did not want to settle anymore for a relationship that didn't fill me up at my 100%. That's amazing. That's truly a powerful statement that you just said. I no longer was willing to settle. Yeah. And as a result of making that declaration, I'm not willing to settle. Yeah. How did the universe respond to that? Uh, brought me Tommy. And how uh, long have you and Tommy, I mean, Tommy been together now? We've been together for four years now. And you four are years. legally married, correct? We are legally married, yes. Beautiful. And would you say that Tommy is an authentic man? Yes. So we're both 100%. So Tommy is very authentic and um, he's a kind of soul and he's authentic, authentic in how he... What he believes in and, and what he believes in, what he values, he sticks with it. He sticks you know, with it. The, the world and life is a mirror. And things, you know, the, the, the world, people, life reflects back to us where we are in our process. You know, when he showed up in your life and you realized that he was an authentic man, even yeah. though there's always more, he was an authentic man. He was reflecting back to you your own authenticity. You wouldn't have attracted him if you hadn't achieved a certain level of authenticity yourself. Because like attracts like. Yeah. You know, when when we really get to that, do you you find this to be true? I know for me, when I leaned really into the full being what I consider fully authentic. Now, once again, there's always more. It literally just repelled unauthentic people. Like Mm -hmm. they just, they don't even want to be around you. When you get to that authentic place, it draws other authentic people to you and it repels people that are inauthentic. 
Like they just, they move away because you make them really uncomfortable. Do you find that? Yeah. Yeah, Like I I, I do matter. So like attracts like, right? And when you are authentic, people, um, what I found, and I I share that with us, with with clients all the time, um, just like you have shared, Maddox, right, is, Sometimes you can be afraid of losing connections, but when you are so authentic, it's uh, the right people. Yes. You're being truthful to you. Yes. The it's right the, people come. It's the people we most need to be surrounded with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was something in my mind. Let me see if I can recall it. It just went out, but... It's gone. Maybe it'll come back and maybe it won't. <laughs> Some, something I really wanted to call out, but yeah. um, it's gone. It's- oh, so that's what I want to call out. It's back. You know, I, I talk a lot about doing the work. I do a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. I'm always talking about if you want the life that you that you dream about, you have to do yeah. the work. We can't sit back on our ass and expect somebody to dump it in our lap magically. You have to do the work. And the work looks a lot of different ways. And what I want to call out right now is you have done such an amazing job of like probably not even consciously demonstrating that the work can look a lot of different ways. You got involved in acting school. Yeah. That's something that your heart wanted to do. And for a lot of people, that would sound like, ooh, fun. Yeah. It wouldn't sound like work at all. But when you described, you know, in acting, you have to get down to, you have to find out who you are so you can be other things. You know, you have to you have to embody other characters and, and other energies. Yeah. And in order to be able to successfully do that, you got to really get down to you. So, I mean... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but as you described it, it felt to me like the biggest part of your transformation happened while you were in that acting school. Yeah, so with, with the, the the authenticity, the emotional level, right? The acting school was um, there's a. <laughs> The, the peeling of layers, right? That was when all those, a lot of those layers were peeled away. And um, yes, and that's what the work is about. Yeah. The work we always refer to is about peeling the layers away to get down get to down. self-awareness, you knowing yeah. you, because we can't be comfortable in our own skin until we know who the fuck we are. Yeah. Yeah. Then... I love that matters, right? So that peeling away of the armor. And I remember I, I cried more times than I could remember whilst there. And a lot of insecurities, all those things started coming up. Um, there was another pivotal point right after, though. So this is after meeting Tommy, which was crucial to the journey. Please go yeah. on. I'd, I'd love to hear this next pivotal pivotal. Yeah. So then I um, 
I had an, a big awakening moment where I was I was touring around the world, seeing performing on a cruise ship. COVID happened. I was sent back home um, to New Zealand, and suddenly I was away. I was away from Tommy. Um, I was back home with my parents, um, and I started doing just. I don't know what happened. Just it was this natural gravitation. I was meditating a lot. Um, I was walking out in nature. And then there was this moment of, I remember this, this moment, I was speaking with my dad, my parents, they were fighting at this time. Um, not physically that, that stopped a long time ago, but they were arguing. My, my mother got in a car crash. Um, I started contemplating that she could have, she could have died. Um, and I remember my dad was crying and I, I remember see, looking at him in, in, into the eyes and because I was so present with myself with meditation, all that self-care work, I remember seeing my dad for the very first time as not my father and not this, all those emotional baggage, but as a human being, just as a human being in with his own complexity of his own emotions and I suddenly, this moment, Maddox, I think it was all everything leading up to this point where I suddenly felt this, all that baggage that I've carried around lift off. And I suddenly felt what you shared, this inner, that child that we come into the world with, a sudden flooding of energy and presence of, wow. And it was a really bizarre scenario was where I was watching my dad crying and I was really joyous and happy and, and, and loving him, loving him and loving myself. And um, what be, some, some people, they call it a spiritual awakening, right? I didn't know what it was at the time. But that presence, Maddox, where I, what I felt at that point, sudden that liftoff, that lasted for a good six, seven days where I was just in this state of this childlike, well, I could almost say even euphoria. It almost felt like I was on, on drugs, but not having drugs. And just this, this incredible authentic expression And then it hit a point, it didn't last though, it hit a point when it all started crashing down, where I started to realize um, how much of that armor or how much of that inauthenticity was still in the way. Um, there was more work to do, in other words. Yeah, and then, so there was more work to do. Then I got in contact with a uh, spiritual counselor therapist, um, and then I really dug deep. And this was the moment when I actually started to examine my childhood because that was something I just, I shoved away. So what I shared with you in the beginning, Maddox, of this conversation, right, um, from the childhood to... Uh, the rejections and all those defenses, that's something I just never, I'm, I would not have dared talk to you in the beginning right now about that. 
that's something I would not dare touch. Um, and in the work, what I found, Maddox, was a lot of gratitude and love for both of my parents. They went through a lot. I won't go into their stories. That's another thing. Of My brother is a burn survivor. They went through a lot of hardship. And so just this understanding, this both this understanding and love for my parents of how much they went through to bring us, to give us the life they've given us and just incredibly grateful for both of them. Um, and at the same time, recognizing the hurts I went through and healing that, not blaming my parents, but with loving them and loving myself and, it's uh, incredibly powerful to go through that healing, to heal. Yes, and it's yeah. obvious how much you have healed. Very obvious. So in the beginning of your story, you talked about how draining, how exhausting it was to be in that place, that lack of authenticity, that not being even remotely who you were, all armored up. Now you're on the other side of that. Yeah. What's your experience now? What does life feel like now that you're on the other side of that? Not that there's not more to heal. There's always more to heal. Yeah. But you're you're in a good place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So So how how does how do you experience day in day out life? You described the 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 anxiety and the exhaustion and feeling drained all the time. What's present now? That's a great question, man. That's right. So, what is present now? This authenticity is. I feel I feel really grateful for the life that I had, my partner, the marriage, my body, my my family, friends, and I. And authenticity now, I'm fully 100% out, by the way, and on my Instagram, everything, it's it's all out there. Um, now this authenticity matters as to exactly why I'm also drawn. I said yes right away to this podcast was to share the story, my story first and foremost. And then um, second is using this, this authenticity to help other gay men who are struggling with their bodies, who feel like solving their body issues will solve everything, um, to heal. How can I use my authenticity to allow that to to spread and have have a wider meaning, a bigger purpose than... Yes, a contribution to humanity. You know, I, I, I want to call out, you know, so the listeners know we had a previous conversation maybe a week or so ago on Zoom. And what I learned was Jared is not a personal fitness trainer. He is a body confidence coach. And so it's not just about let's go to the gym and build big muscles. There is an aspect of it where he helps people achieve the physical form that they want. But Correct me if I'm wrong, Jared. Yeah. The bigger the bigger part of it is he he works with clients to do the internal work that needs to coincide with the external. You yeah. you've got to do both. If you only do one, it doesn't work. You know, there, yeah. I I see lots and lots of people who do all the inner work, 
and they don't do any external work. So they're yeah. they're sickly and and they have very very frail bodies or or they're 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 ill, they have disease, yet they're doing all the all the inner work, all the spiritual work and mm. you can't separate. There's this thing called mind, body and spirit and you got to address yeah. all three. And I really get with clarity that that's what you do in your business as a body competence coach, you address mind, body, and spirit, which is quite different than what we see mostly in the the fitness world and the the conversation about bodies. Thank you for highlighting that, Maddox, right? Is um, I see so much of this uh, and people reach out to me all, all the time about feeling their shame for their bodies and feeling that um, they want to fix things, um, but just doing, you, you can do the, the body, it's both external, that's very important. You have, if doing the external, so you create that body change, you, you do look after your health, self-care, you love your body. And I see that as a, a big form of self-love, right? When you exercise, when you eat well, that's loving yourself. Yet at the same time, the emotions, you have to heal that. Well, you don't have to, but if, if you want to live freely, if you want to feel free and living. T- tell me what you think about this. I have this conversation frequently about, you know, few things are innately right or wrong. It's not about the thing itself. It's more about the motivation behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. You know, if yes. you're, if you're mo- motivated to get the body because you need external validation. Yeah then that's probably not self-love. That's probably not the healthy thing to do. If you want to get fit because you love your body, it's it's this vehicle that takes you through life and you want to respect it, love it, and take care of it. That's a completely different motivation. And that is self-love. That is. And this is, I love what you shared there. And that's bang on, right? As I share with clients all the time is, um, when people reach out is yes, you what are you doing this for? Are you doing this to please other people? Or are you doing this because you know that you need to do this for you? And when you can find that space when you're looking after your exercise, you're doing all this, all the work because you know it's important for you, for yourself and for your health, your well-being, and for you to show up the way you want in this world and express yourself freely when it opens doors, right, for free self-expression, it's powerful, so much more powerful. Absolutely. It's authenticity. Yeah. It's yeah. authenticity. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful story. And there's no doubt in my mind after being in your presence now that you absolutely have done the work. It shows, you know, energetically, I can see it. Um Visually, I can see it. Uh, you know, it's it's very apparent. Uh, yes, I, I I love what you stand for, and and I, I would I would without hesitation refer any gay man I know to to work with you because I think you are approaching it holistically, and that's what we need. Thank you so much, Maddox. I I really appreciate those words and um. Thank you for holding this space. This, well, this I, I beautiful believe because beautiful of space. the work that you thank you. I believe because of the work that you have done, you are highly equipped to to help, to help others. 
I mean, what you do literally is leading people. To, it's it's you're you're doing something very similar to what I do. You're just doing it from a different angle. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. Thank it's you. it's truly beautiful. Well, uh, um, I yeah, what an amazing story and. I loved I loved hearing it, every bit of it. And I know the, the listeners are going to love it as well. Thank you. Thank you, Maddox, again, for holding this space. And um, I just uh, want to really acknowledge you for uh, what you're creating on this podcast and the space you're creating because it's, uh, it's allowing, having people share their stories, not just mine, but stories are powerful because it helps other people to feel like they're not alone in their they world. Very powerful. So thank you for holding this space. Thank you. I get that feedback all the time about how people say, I, I don't feel alone now. Thank you. So do you have one simple tip that you can share with the listener about how they could lean in a little bit more to their authenticity the way you did? Yeah. So I would the tip I would recommend is first you really need to carve out space where you cut off things like social media or uh, the constant technology and um, the things outside of you and spend time with yourself, whether it's in nature, um, if people meditate, maybe they don't, that's okay. Um, but spend time with yourself and really ask yourself what it is, what it is that you truly want and what will likely happen, what I see all the time, right, is you'll probably have fears that come up. you probably have fears that will tell you, you can't do this, you shouldn't do that. Um, for example, for me, right, you, you can't be a personal trainer, you can't go to acting school, you can't um, you can't come out, you can't be gay, you can't do these things, you can't transform your body, um, you can't run a podcast. You're going to see all those fears; they're going to arise. And and, and you, then once you've you done do, all of that, you've done any yeah. of that, haven't you? Yes, and this is part of my my truth, right? Is my I hope to bring contribution to the world as being that example is you can have those fears. Great. Awesome. People will give you fears. And if you still want it, if you still feel that poor desire, listen to that. And you take action anyway. You go for it anyway. Don't let those fears stop you feel because the, life the, is. Yes. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, life is far too short, Maddox. I just, I think this is the thing, right? You think I go to when I'm at my deathbed, looking back in my life, if you're looking back at your life, how would you want to see your life? Would you, people do not regret their failures or for trying. People regret for not trying for the things they exactly. truly wanted. Exactly. I love that zoom forward to the time of your death i i use that a lot in my coaching i use it a lot in my own personal life i'll ask myself you know is this something you're going to be worried about when you're about to take your last breath and if the answer is no then why are you so concerned about it right now yeah <laughs> this is a very useful tool yeah well 
Let's let's shift and go into some uh, rapid fire questions. What do you say? Let's go, Maddox. Let's let's. <laughs> okay. First question: From the viewpoint of a man of color, what is the one thing you wish would change about the GBTQ male community? Oh, I, I would. I would really hope that people. Um, open up their ideas of what is um, what is possible, what is possible, being open to dating people of a different colour and um, that's, that's an ideal, right, being, being open to that. Um, but at the very, very, very bare minimum, it's just acceptance and celebration celebration of of all the differences yes yes beautiful i love it what has been the most joyful part of being a gay man <laughs> um i would say it's this beautiful connection just like this here maddox is there's a it's a there's a knowing and a kindred spirit and connection where you go yeah we've we all have different tapestries, right? Different ways, different lives, but there's this this connection of go, yeah, well, I I I I understand. I get you, I get you. I think that's uh there's a beautiful that that be- beauty of that connection. I agree. Yes. And and I get that you get me, and I feel that. <laughs> Thank you. Last question. What is your superpower? What is it that you consider your superpower? I've been told this many times. I say my biggest superpower is helping other people believe in themselves, believe in those things that they've previously thought impossible and go, wow, actually, this is possible. Beautiful. That's a very powerful superpower to have. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Well, this has been truly a joy. Thank you so much for sharing your story and and so openly, honestly, vulnerably and authentically. It was it was beautiful. It is beautiful. And Thank you. I just, oh, I'm sorry. I, I want I want to leave you with one thing, and that is I absolutely in my eyes see you as see you an authentic gay man. Thank you, Mattis. It's- been an honor pleasure being here and i see that authenticity in you too and thank you for the work that you do thank you and thank you for reflecting that back to me